0: Hey, welcome back to the show. It's Chelsea on Ched. Ched Nation, you know the number to text in, 780-496-0063. We're talking dinosaurs. And this is something that generally grabs our interest as kids and then kind of stays with us forevermore. Maybe we can find out a little bit of the reason as to why. I know I've got an almost two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and her fascination with dinosaurs was pretty instant. There's just something about them that we find really cool. There's a lot of mystery surrounding them. Um, and now more and more, we're getting some of those answers, even right here in our own province. So let's get the perspective of our next guest, who's a lead researcher on the Triceratops fossil, which we're going to be talking about, and curator at the Dinosaur Systematics and Evolution at the Royal Tyrrell Museum, Dr. Caleb Brown. Dr. Brown, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it.
1: No problem. Thank you for having me on.
0: You know, my daughter will ask me questions about dinosaurs sometimes, and I'm like, I don't know all <laughs> of these answers. So hopefully this interview can be a little self-serving for me, and you can help me guide her with some of the curiosities that she has. But we're talking about a a really, really cool new unveiling at the Royal Terrell Museum. And this was something that was discovered back in 2015. So tell us a little bit about this triceratops and this finding.
1: Yeah, we unveiled yesterday uh, a beautiful, uh, gigantic skull of the horned dinosaur Triceratops. This is uh, one of the newest additions to our, our gallery here at the Royal Trail Museum.
0: And when we're saying gigantic, how big are we talking? (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's about uh, six feet long. It's actually more than six feet long. It's about six feet wide, and the skull itself weighs more than 500 kilograms, or about 1,200 pounds. So it's, it's, it's massive.
0: Sorry, I just want you to go back so that we really understand what we're talking about here. We're talking about the skull alone being six Eight. feet wide.
1: Correct. In, in this case, we only have the skull. We don't actually have the rest of the skeleton. <laughs> um, but that's <laughs> enough. Thought- it gives you an impression of the animal.
0: I- when you're when you're dealing with these fossils and these findings, does it just sort of make you feel I don't want to say insignificant because your work isn't, and you aren't, but do, do you know what I mean just the magnitude of some of these discoveries and just the sheer size of what it is that you're working with? I mean, that must feel surreal
1: it does and, and the thing that really gets it for me is the time scales involved. Uh, we talk just very casually about the skull being between kind of 69 and 68 million years old. Uh, but to comprehend that uh, a geological time scale is, is really hard for humans, and it does make you feel insignificant for sure.
0: How, how unique is this finding for, for the museum and for our province?
1: Yeah, so triceratops uh, in the U.S. is actually fairly common in terms of dinosaur fossils. But in Canada, it's quite rare. Um, we really don't have very many good examples from Alberta. There's a couple from Saskatchewan. Um, but this is by far the the best preserved and, and most complete uh, triceratops skull that we have from Canada. So we're quite proud to present it and to be able to show it to, to all Albertans.
0: Tell us a little bit about the story of this one, Dr. Brown. Was this one discovered right here? How did you how did you come upon it?
1: Yeah, so it actually dates back to the 2013 floods. Um, following the floods, there was a, a, a flood mitigation project that was instigated by the Royal Terrain Museum and the government of Alberta And the idea was to go out and survey those areas that were flooded, um, to both look for known sites to assess damage to some of these kind of fossil sites, but also to look for new fossil sites that may have been exposed from all that erosion. And uh, over the course of a couple years, they found more than 200 new fossil sites and collected more than, or almost 500 uh, specimens. But the best thing, in, in my opinion at least, that they that they found. And collected was this uh, was this triceratops skull?
0: Yeah, it sounds pretty incredible. I mean, even just the size alone sells it for me. The size, the timeline, as you just mentioned. I mean, I want to see this thing in person because I I imagine that, you know, videos and photos really don't do it justice. And you're someone who is curating this and curator of it. So, what is it like when you're actually looking at it in person?
1: Yeah, so it, it's quite impressive. Um so most of the skull most of the dinosaur bones that we have here in Alberta are kind of this chocolatey brown color. And mm-hmm. um, they come from kind of the south uh eastern part of the province. So areas like Drumheller or Dinosaur Provincial Park. This one comes from the southwest part of the province, near Pincher Creek. So it's a different geology, and because of that, the bones have preserved differently. They're actually like this jet black color. So you have this gigantic skull with these huge horns and it's jet black. So it's actually really impressive. Um, to top it all off, we actually worked with some custom blacksmiths and they made a incredibly uh, beautiful ironwork uh, armature that holds up the skull. Wow. So you can actually walk all the way around it and see all of the details. Uh, and the ironwork that holds it up is beautiful and is a work of art to itself. And I also want to point out that none of the... Uh, skull that you see is reconstructed. That's the, all of the original bone that you're seeing there.
0: So what's the best guess as to uh, as to where it came from, the story of this dinosaur specifically?
1: Yeah, so it would have been living uh, close to where it was discovered. Um, the environment would have been much different. It would have been much flatter. The Rocky Mountains were just kind of forming at that time. Uh, it would have been very warm and wet, a very lush environment, and the animal would have died Um And at some point, it would have got kind of washed into this river. And that's how it was actually buried. It was buried in kind of this this river channel. And that's probably why we lost all the rest of the skeleton. Uh, The skull was just so big and massive, the water couldn't really move it. Uh, But all the smaller bones got washed downstream and lost.
0: You know, we we don't know what we don't know. And so maybe this is an unfair question to ask. But in terms of what we have been able to discover when it comes to dinosaur bones and, and fossils like this, is there a sense that we've really only scratched the surface of what might have been available, or what still could be left to be found?
1: Uh, you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, sometimes there's a there's a perception that we've either found all of the specimens or found all the types of dinosaurs. It's actually the opposite. Hmm. Um, we're finding new species, new kinds of dinosaurs faster now than at any period before, and we're making all sorts of new discoveries about how they lived and what they look like. We're talking about um, how they're preserved in terms of the organics being preserved, talking about their colour, we're talking about their behaviour, all sorts of things that um, we've we've learned in the last few years. Uh, So it's a very very wide-open field. There's still a ton to learn, Um, and we don't have all the answers, and that's one of the coolest things about this
0: field. And what about how much is still potentially available to be learned here in our province, because Alberta was pretty, was pretty lush with the dinosaurs roaming around, was it not?
1: Yes. Uh, Alberta has a wealth of paleontological resources, especially from the late Cretaceous into the early Paleocene, so right from the kind of the last of the age of the dinosaurs into the, uh, the area past the dinosaur extinction. And um, that's because it was a very lush, warm environment. It was a very nice environment for them to live in. It's also because when they died, uh, there was a good chance they could get buried because there was all this uh, sediment being laid down by these large rivers that were kind of crisscrossing the province. And the most recent reason is because we actually have some areas where um, modern rivers have cut down these deep valleys into the rocks and they expose rocks of the right age. That's the case in the North Saskatchewan River in Edmonton, but also along the Red Deer River and the Bow River. Um, And in some cases, especially around Drumheller, we have these unique badlands. It's very dry, so all the, bo- all the rock is exposed. And it means that that rock erodes out fairly quickly. So we're constantly eroding out and finding new dinosaur fossils in those areas.
0: What are some of the most common ones that we're finding?
1: Yeah, so in Alberta, the most common dinosaurs that you're going to find are things like Hadrosaurs, those are the duckbill dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Okay. Um, Ceratopsians, those are the horn dinosaurs. So uh, Triceratops is kind of the last and largest example of that type of dinosaur. And then we have the, the Tyrannosaurs, which are everyone's, um, which are not everyone's, but many people's favorite, mm-hmm. um, the big the big apex predator. And then we have a whole bunch of other things that get a lot less attention. We have armored dinosaurs. We have things called Pachycephalosaurs, which are dinosaurs that have this really thick, bony skull. We had all sorts of types of dinosaurs that are closely related to birds. Um, things like Ornithomimids and, and, and things that people colloquially call raptors, like Velociraptor. Um, we have a, a whole diversity. And, and keep in mind that in these ecosystems, dinosaurs are only one part of the ecosystem. We had turtles, we had birds, we had snakes, we had lizards, we had mammals, we had frogs. All of these things we find in the fossil record. They help us reconstruct those ancient environments.
0: Dr. Brown, you're obviously someone who's speaking about this with a lot of expertise. So I'm wondering, was there anything that you were able to learn in the in the discovery or the curation of this triceratops skull? <laughs>
1: Yeah, so the, the the exciting thing is that we haven't actually published the scientific paper on this specimen yet, so that the members of the public are actually coming and they can see the specimen that we haven't actually published on scientifically. So getting a bit of a sneak peek in that sense. Um, we are doing the research. One of the things that we know is that it's not fully grown. We can look at kind of how the bones of the skull are fused up, and we see that many of those bones are not fused, which suggests that it was still kind of growing when the animal died. So it would have actually gotten bigger <laughs> oh had it lived a little bit longer.
0: And just just remind us, how how much does this thing weigh?
1: Uh, the skull itself weighs uh, just over 500 kilos. Sure. So it is quite massive.
0: Ro- room to grow. Okay. <laughs> what do you hope that people take away when they come and they see it?
1: Uh, one of the things that people might notice is if if they're doing the math in their heads, they're like, hmm, it was found after the floods. Um, <laughs> so we found it in 2014. We collected it in 2015. And now we're putting on a display. That, that's a big gap. Mm-hmm. Um, that big gap represents a huge amount of work. Um, so it took us uh, about a month and a half to collect the specimen. Uh, and then it's, it, it was um, what we call prepared. So it was brought to the museum and one of our technicians, um, Ian McDonald, he's a very talented and patient uh, individual. He spent seven years uh, slowly kind of chipping away the rock to expose the bones, putting all the bones back together, putting this giant jigsaw puzzle back together, conserving it and getting it ready for research and display. So I, I hope that pe- when people see it, they have this sense of, awe for the animal, but also uh, an appreciation for all of the different uh, processes that were involved in the discovery, the preparation, the mounting, the interpretation, um, all of the different people that worked to bring this uh, exhibit into fruition.
0: Yeah, I think well put. And it gives us a little bit of perspective about just how much work goes into it. Obviously, a fascinating discovery. There are paleontologists here in this province that are saying this is the most remarkable discovery of their careers, but obviously uh, not with a ton of work behind it. You know anytime we talk about dinosaurs or we think about dinosaurs we're just we're so fascinated no matter what age we are what do you think what do you think leads us towards that that appreciation or that fascination
1: uh there's a couple of things I think one of the big fascinations is that they're these kind of mysterious animals that we we still don't know all the details for so there's room to understand more you, you, we don't have all the answers right there, there's there's still stuff to learn and I think one of the other big factors is that there are these kind of really either big or fierce or just, just just bizarre animals. And they lived so long ago and they, they lived for so long, uh, but yet they, they went extinct except for the birds. Um, and that's a bit of a mystery to us. You have this, this, this amazing diversity of animals that have now gone extinct. So it really kind of
0: it humanizes
1: them in a bit in that they, they, they weren't ultimately successful and living and, and um, not alive today.
0: Yeah, and we're always intrigued by something that we don't have all the answers to. So I know that a lot of people are going to be really dying to check this out, myself included. Um, and it's it's open as of now. You can come and you can see it right away.
1: Yes, it was open as of uh, about eleven o'clock yesterday. Uh, so it's one of the first gallery, one of the first exhibits that you see when you come into our gallery. Oh. Um, the museum is open um, uh, Tuesday through Sunday from ten a.m. to five p.m. Uh, and we're closed Mondays except for holiday Mondays, like this upcoming holiday sure, Monday. Of um, so people are encouraged to come and check off this dinosaur in person.
0: Is it safe to say that this is your favorite exhibit at the museum?
1: Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of really cool exhibits at the museum. Um, this is definitely in the top. Um, there are some really cool other specimens out there, though. Well, uh, I, don't think, I don't think I can pick a favorite.
0: It's like picking a favorite kid. There's lots of good to go around and lots of interesting things to go see. You've been calling it the specimen, but there must be a nickname amongst all of the researchers and everybody who's taking care of this. Is there a nickname that you've given it?
1: Uh, yes, it definitely has a, a, a nickname. And I probably should have been calling it this nickname throughout. Um, <laughs> it's the name is Cali, so It's C-A-L-L-I. And that actually comes from Callum Creek. Uh, that's the location where it was found. Uh, it's not that far from uh, Pincher Creek. It's one of the tributaries of the Old Man River there. Um, and uh, we often give specimens nicknames because, uh, I mean, people like the traditions. They spend a lot of time with these specimens mm-hmm. and calling them by their... Official accession number is a bit uh, is a bit boring. Right. Um, each one has a specific number, but the nicknames tend to tend to have a bit more personality. So this one is Callie. Um We don't know that it's male or female. We don't know the sex, uh, but we've kind of given it a a, fe- a feminine nickname in this case.
0: Okay, you so knew that. That's what I was going to ask next because Callie does sound like it's a girl. <laughs> it's a girl. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So we we don't know if it's male or female, but we've given it, yeah, the the feminine nickname, which I think is a great idea.
0: Well, I can't wait to go check out Callie, and I'm sure that our listeners are dying to check it out as well. Caleb, thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
1: (laughs) No worries. Take care.